and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Kelly. What's this week's cold open? You're usually the cold open person. You're bringing the heat every week, but or the cold, as is, Marty, is the case of a cold open. I haven't had time to bring the heat. I'm so busy after I moved my whole entire life across what? the river. I live by a 7-Eleven now. Just for a little hint for the oh viewers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> they the can listeners. stalk you now. You can get gang stalked. Yeah, I'm, I'm doxing myself right now. How many 7-Elevens are there in um uh <clears throat> not Milwaukee? Oh jeez. By the way, <laughs> chill, dude. That's just narrowed it down pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not very many. We're a quick trip community here. Yeah, I thought I think there's only two, right? Got some I can't wait till we go through the ranker quiz of top uh, gas stations. Top. Top convenience stores. 7 yeah. not a gas station. No. It can be. Although. They don't sell gas. I, ref- I refuel there, if you know what I'm saying. On Slurpees. On, on hot dogs. Drinks. Gamer fuel. I've been there. Honestly, it's kind of a blast from the past because I haven't been to like convenience stores very much during the whole COVID thing. But I'm back in it. I'm back in. I got skin in the game now. I'm buying Gatorades and Powerades left and right. Wait, you have a stock in Seven Eleven? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, they have. He's diversifying his portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Spoofs Goes the Novelty Songs. That's as good as any. Yeah. Why the not? podcast about dumb shit. Our very special fiftieth episode celebration. Ah, oh, all your. F- We're gonna be talking about all your favorite memories of the podcast, all of your favorite spoof movies we've done, novelty songs. But especially, we're going to talk about one spoof movie, one novelty song, and one novelty product, just like every week on the show. I wonder if I like spent this time like learning Spanish, I would be fluent by now. <laughs> or like metalwork, carpentry, I could have learned. That that would make. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you you could have you could have done something more valuable. I could have watched instead- Aaron Sorkin's masterclass like two or three times Ooh. by now. Ooh, that's true. You could have. It is like 18 hours long, so yeah, you could have watched that a couple times. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, on average, the podcast takes us, what, two to three hours a week every time. You know, you got your movie, you got recording time, you got prepping the th- other hours stuff. Hours of research, at least eight hours of research. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking at every ranker list I can and looking for the best <laughs> ones for the quiz. Enough ranker list. Enough with the ranker list. This week them. we're doing... All ranker lists. Kelly is so, against so. hierarchies, and I can. I'm again. I'm for that. <laughs> I'm trying to. You've got to derail these. You, you can't. You, when you get in routines, what are we? Shock jock radio, just talking uh, about yeah. the same stuff every morning. No, Ooh, that's this true. This is a free podcast about dumb shit. You got to keep them on their toes, Mart. Come on, Dude, shock jock radio. I feel like is like a dying. Um, medium sort of you know what i mean yeah it's now they're they're Good. just like sort of regurgitating <laughs> like buzz feeds like I, it doesn't have the same oomph it used to have we do listen to uh, shock shock radio at work every now and then not by our choice but by someone's mm. choice and gotcha. they did have a highlight recently and it made me feel good about our podcast because the highlights that they post for like uh what are they called like uh uh and foot foot ends Segments? or something just like, oh, just like the yeah, little advertisements yeah. of like, I think today's 
was just like a really bad joke about bisexuals. And it just made me feel good about our podcast because I was like, hey, listening to these highlights, we're doing pretty good. We're doing all right. I think we are much more interesting than these idiots on the radio. But Hey, the thing about yeah. bisexuals is they're like bicycles. It doesn't matter who you are. I want to ride one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Except it wasn't. It, you're, that was probably better, actually. That's, that's not a terrible joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, it is. I mean, it's it's bad taste, but the joke is like structurally fine. I think that one was a lot better than the highlight that they had today. Yeah, but well, then they should be playing us. We should get our own serious channel. I, we could be. I I could be shutting out a lot of our listeners too, who are just like, "What do you mean? We, I listen to you guys after my shock jock radio in the morning." They're like, "I love free beer and hot wings. They're great." <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the eleventh caller. Bob and Tom in the morning, man. Well, this week we've done it. Fifty episodes in, and we're finally getting to it. Blazing Saddles, a 1974 Western spoof film directed by Mel Brooks, released the same year as Brooks' other seminal spoof flick, Young Frankenstein. There are a few credited writers, including Richard Pryor, who famously was to play the lead role of Bart, but the studio thought he was untrustworthy due to his history of drug arrests. This film follows a railroad worker named Railroad Worker named Bart, played by Clavon Little, who becomes the first black sheriff of Rock Ridge, a frontier town that's about to be destroyed by a new railroad. Bart faces racial discrimination from the townsfolk, but soon works with a gunfighter, played by Gene Wilder, to defend the town against thugs that have been sent to kick them out. This is considered one of the all-time greatest comedies, not just spoofs, but comedies in general. Everyone knows this. Anybody listening to this podcast has heard of Blazing Saddles. It's one of the also one of the earliest like big spoof movies. Like there's obviously spoof movies before this, but like for this podcast, I don't think we've reviewed anything older than this besides Little Train Robbery. Uh Great Dictator. Scott's gonna ooh. Scott can't think of anything. The dictator. Yeah. The dictator. I just said you. Fool. Oh yeah, but that's not. That's like hardly a spoof, though. You know. Oh, why'd you put it on the calendar then? Uh, oh. Yeah, that's right. You've <laughs> activated my attack. trap card. The movie. This movie was a massive hit. Uh, was nominated for three Academy Awards: Best Supporting Actress, Best Editing, and Best Original Song. Two of those awards, I think, are wild that the movie was nominated for. It's ranked sixth on the AFI list of 100 Years and 100 Laughs, which is their comedies list. So with that, gentlemen, what did you think on this 50th episode of Blazing Saddles? <laughs> oh my god, so much pressure. So much pressure. That's good. Yeah, what a milk toast pick. <laughs> wow. Wow. The casserole of spoof movies. I don't know. I I watched it like uh a week and a half ago by this point. So I'm like Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely Mel Brooksy. It's it is weird because it, it because I think it is so influential, even to to his work and in general, that um and even the plot of it has been ripped off and, and was ripping off other stuff. That the movie does have a weird, it's kind of played when you watch it. Mm -hmm. It's a little like rote, mm -hmm. but it's I I I still really enjoyed it personally. Um, but I've also seen it before. Have you? Have you seen? It I, I saw it. I think like right after high school, and was just kind of like too dumb to get like the uh, cultural like relevance of right. it. 
I think I'm still too dumb to get the cultural <laughs> relevance of it. <laughs> oh, oh, Kelly, uh, you got to watch the HBO Max version because yeah. they explain it to you in great detail before you uh, get to the movie. Right. Is that really true? Well, now explain it to me. Yeah, they, on HBO Max, they have a disclaimer. A doc. They have a disclaimer from Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, uh, being like, "Hey, um, this is satire." This just so you know, <laughs> basically, it's like, "Hey, if you're too dumb to realize that this movie is about the thing that it's depicting, like, yeah," uh, which is happening more and more uh, in this movie. It feels particularly odd to put that in front, given that the movie is like not only like meta e about racism in westerns and in movies in general but it's also like literally that's what the movie is about it's like literally about a, a black man overcoming the, the like all of these different societal white structures mm-hmm. so it's a little wild to like there's so many other movies with other yeah, i don't know with bigger problems with this stuff but so do people watch this and not understand that though is that a thing where they're like i don't know i don't know it, there there are parts where it's like a little like heavy handed, I guess, or like maybe like a little tone deaf, even though like um it's got, you know, like the best intentions. And but then there are yes. other parts where like even for nineteen for, for being nineteen seventy four, you gotta like give it to them that this is like still like relevant, uh uh like political yeah. or like racial like satire or whatever. Like just just the fact that like most of it still holds up is is uh yeah impressive considering you know it came out like almost 50 years yeah, ago I was gonna, I, it is like weird this could have come out th- this year and it would feel then so it, no it would be a little weird <laughs> I, yeah. well, I mean, We're like, why is this 80 year old man <laughs> putting out yeah, wait, it's, it's crazy that he can direct oh my god why is he is he playing a native american indian in this movie too it's just for no reason it's just the one-off other cameo he has in the movie why it's funny well it's fun isn't it preposterous that a native american guy instead of saying native american (laughs) words would say yiddish uh stuff that's crazy That's nuts. The idea of a white man playing a Native American Indian will be discussed in great detail next week. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What is this, 2016? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, the original song this was nominated for, which is the opening song of the movie, is the uh, Blazing Saddles song, which does rip. It's a fun song. It's a great way to open the movie. We'll get into that in our uh, novelty segment oh. a little bit. Uh, well, there goes ten minutes of the podcast right there for me. No, no, no. It's we're not we're not doing that song specifically <laughs> oh. though. So go nuts. We, me and Kelly will uh, fire up uh, our switches, and you can go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Scott, here's my friend code. <laughs> Thank you. Typing it in. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't uh, the con song by Cisco. <laughs> The con song. Yeah, let me see that con. <laughs> or no, the, just the song she did, unless that was like not written for the movie, but I assumed it was. I think it was. Yeah, and also because she got nominated for an Oscar for this movie, and uh, that's like her only scene in the movie, really. Pretty much, yeah. It's literally that song. Or her yeah. making so hump how do you noises in the dark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that, it's that. weird that she got nominated for this. I think people were just like, hey, this lady's great. Yeah. yeah. Was this like her first role before 
Young Frankenstein, or... So her first big part was in What's Up, Doc, which was a couple years before this, maybe two years before this. So this was still pretty early in her career. So yeah, I think it was just people were being like, wow, she's really funny. Um, But like, we've reviewed movies. She's been in like, what, 10 movies we've done at this point. And uh, I think this is not... This is one of her weaker performances, I thought. I think she's good in it. She's good in everything, but it's weird to specify this one. Remember in um, Young Frankenstein when Madeline Kant, she has... uh sex with Frankenstein at the end mm-hmm. and it's implied that he's got a big old hog. Yeah. Um, she should have turned to the camera. I don't know. Speaking of leaving money on the table, she should have mm-hmm. turned to the camera and said, young Frankenstein, more like hung Frankenstein. And then she like crosses oh. her eyes or something. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Anyway. There you, there you go. Scott's, you're going to fit right in with a bunch of white male writers in my <laughs> writing room. <laughs> wow. Damn. This movie, broadly, though, does not hold back very much. It's um, universally, I would say, every institution and group of white dudes in this movie, save for Gene Wilder's character, who's presented as like a wholesome good guy, basically. Everyone else in this movie, though, is presented as power-hungry, greedy monsters who have nothing... They have no other uh, want or need besides just like, I want to be rich because I'm evil! Yeah, we and love... I think it's though, that's, uh, that's uh, the recipe for a good spoof movie. Yeah, I because it's it's... What it's getting at then to me is that it's getting at the institution more than the person because it's not about that like the individuals being like this. It is more about like the situation that perplexes us, but it does take an individual to change these things as the movie depicts. Yeah, I didn't think about this movie as an allegory until you started saying that, but I'm with you. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, literally, (laughs) uh, Harvey Corman plays a character named Hedley Lamar. Which leads to the best recurring bit in the movie, which is people call him Hedy Lamar. And then at the end of the movie, when the movie gets super meta and uh, it breaks into other sets and stuff, he is outside the man's Chinese theater, I'm pretty sure. And uh, Hedy Lamar's footprints are outside of there. And like, so he walks by and they do it again. And that joke kills every, killed me every single time. I'm happy for you. <laughs> wow, you guys. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I don't. This movie was like fine. It's just another one of those like middle of the road, like Mel Brooks flicks. I don't know what to say. Like, it's not that. I, I've also had like way more on my mind than spoof movies lately, too. So that's on me. Just with like moving, dude. I told you I watched this movie on my iPhone. Yeah, on my iPhone, you know, just like the yeah. way it's meant to be seen, I guess. Like yeah. <laughs> half paying attention, half putting clothes in boxes. That's what Mel Brooks about. asked. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it was fine. It's a, it's renowned as a classic to me. I would watch this and be like, I don't get why it's a classic. Like, I guess it, it was progressive for its time, but now it's like not that great anymore like it it's just one of those it's a weird yeah thing i don't want to say too much because i don't want to offend anyone because i honestly don't have anything invested in this flick that's just kind of how i feel at this point it's like 
I can shit on Spy Kids endlessly, or I can praise Spy Kids endlessly. I feel like I cannot do that with Blazing Saddles. I don't want to take either path. I just want to be like Sweden in this case. Because it's such an iconic yeah. spoof specifically. The Saddleheads are going to come for Kelly. There are certain aspects of it that like are uh, offensive and... Yeah. Like... And has an age well. Yeah, and I'm a white male, so I should just shut up and right. not talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I I think, like, we'd be fools to ignore the movie in general. Like, we... As far as, like, us doing it for the podcast, though, like, this is... We had yeah. to do this movie. No, 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 like, don't this get me wrong. Like one of the first you know we, we had to do it to him. You know we had, we had to do it. What did you say, Scott? Oh, I just said, you <laughs> know we had to do it to him, that's all. You know we had to do it to him. Hey, uh... You know, it's like, uh, did you ever see Halloween? Yes. Like the yes, original that's Halloween? That's a great comparison, actually. Yeah, where it's like, this is like the original slasher, and then you watch it, and you're like, that was very not scary, and like, yeah. not, uh, there's like no take on it. You know what I mean? Like, every subsequent right, right. slasher is like a take on the original, and this just kind of right. feels like that, where it's like, it does feel like very basic just because, like... Uh, it, it almost it didn't have anything to compare itself to. Yeah, yeah. yeah it at almost least, like created the mold that all these other spoof yeah. movies follow. At least Halloween has that young theme song, though. Oh yeah, dun 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 dun. dun, dun, dun yeah, the theme song to this one is not actually. in seven eight like so uh, the Halloween theme is. So good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think uh, I think all of this is fair. I actually still like the movie. I still think the movie works. I want to talk. And it's, uh, I want to talk more about that Halloween theme for a second. Oh my God. Yeah. Scott, so is it really if in you seven, count, eight? If you count, yeah. Here's the the, the uh, here's here's, here's a, a trick to 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 count in um, seven eight. It's it's rather than counting to seven, count one two one two one two three one two one two one two three one two one two one two. This three. is it's literally it's exactly that's the theme song. Yeah, that's how what I'm feel. saying. Yeah. The thing is, like, I got a. It's it's that theme song is like you get a package of peanut butter cheddar cra- crackers, mm-hmm. and there's supposed to be eight in there, but when you look in, there's only seven. Crunch. Oh, sorry, I did the second one too soon. That's how I feel. All right, continue, Marty. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Oh, oh! I get to talk. I get to talk. You can about talk the movie about again. the subject. Yay. Do you have a Do you have a spiel <laughs> about the uh, about the um the, the the theme song? Scott only says the word spiel when we're doing Mel Brooks films. Oh I've my noticed. God! No, come on! <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I was kidding earlier when I said that. Um, I do have a short anecdote. The first time I saw this movie, though, I was in my film studies class at the University of cool. Wisconsin River Falls. What was on hey, what thank, was thank what you. were you watching? What were you supposed to be watching for class? No, this was in class. No, I know. Yeah, I know you, you were, were in class and you one. brought your portable DVD player and you had it inside your textbook yeah. while <laughs> which Citizen was inside Kane, your winter coat <laughs> while Citizen Kane was playing or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and they were like Marty, why is it was, your uh, hood meshes glowing? of the afternoon? <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to be watching um <clears throat> insert famous cinema movie here. Oh my god, great. I can't yes think of and. one. Great I said yes Meshes and. of the Afternoon. I said Meshes of the Afternoon. That was my best We're one. We're watching Amelie and... <laughs> <laughs> That's your compare A newer movie than Blazing Saddles? Uh, yeah, it was free on Netflix around the time that oh you were god. in this film studies class. Sorry, yeah. Marty. 
we were watching breathless there you go that's that's there you go so you know that gag where you're you got a textbook <laughs> and you got a uh, mad magazine within the textbook the like mm-hmm. new age version or if of it's that. a pg-13 it would be probably like a playboy yeah 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 so the new version of that is like you got your chromebook right that your your school issued Chromebook, but you got your iPhone in there and you're watching some, <laughs> some Facebook, oh, some yeah. Twitch streams. On, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You watching some soda pop and live. Whoa, Fall Guys. Whoa, whoa. Tim the Tapman playing Fall Guys. You guys probably don't know any of these streamers. And no, that's fine. <laughs> this is <laughs> no. As a young Zoomer, is... I know I lo- I love the <laughs> Fall Guys. Live. Live yeah. in the times, gentlemen. I love... Um, That's why I feel like I don't belong on this podcast. We're talking about Blazing Saddles here, and I'm like, I just want to watch Twitch. I want to watch Ludwig Ogren on Twitch.tv. I want to watch him let his chat choose how many Amazon products he buys. <laughs> Guys, come on. This is boring. Sounds Let's dystopian. talk about what's really happening. <laughs> what's really... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, when the anthropologists of the future like come upon the ashes of our <laughs> civilization, our podcast will remain. Our podcast, and then yeah, ninjas stream. <laughs> I don't know. No, ninja, that's you got it, Scott. You're on. You're close. You're you're getting there. <laughs> Thank you. Back to my anecdote. Hang on, I just remembered. <laughs> Once this started, I had a story I was telling. <laughs> Uh, my film studies professor, um, I don't even want to tell anymore. Hey, oh, come on. Moving on. No, you guys ruined with your goddamn talking about Twitch streamers. Oh, sorry for having a riff. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is, a, this is how you guys must Let's feel. Let's go back to this, dancing so. around the topic of the movie. Uh. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, my film studies professor, like, you know, talked about the the broad, the reason we were watching it is because of, like, obviously all this stuff in the movie, and it as a comedy was specifically the reasons, and he specified the scene where all the cowboys are sitting around the campfire farting as this was the funniest thing in the world at the time, and he said he had, just, and I distinctly remember him saying this, people were falling out of their seats laughing at a bunch of people farting on camera. I perplexed me to no end. There's so much funnier things in this movie. Yeah, this is like the least funny part of the movie is the farting. That's for babies. Slim Pickens' joke at the end of the farting scene is way funnier. Marty, you just don't understand what was happening in the socioeconomic world at the time that made the <laughs> farting gag the funniest part. Mm-hmm. You just don't get it. Like you weren't around for that administration. The before the that executive branch of '77. I don't know who the president was, but I can tell you there was a lot of tension because of the White House, and that farting Gerald scene Ford? broke that tension. Gerald Ford <laughs> kicked the door down on the White House after seeing this movie, and he went and he shook everyone's hand, both party <laughs> sides. He's nonpartisan, wow. Yep. Because of Blazing Saddles. Because Saddles. of Blazing That's Saddles. Crazy. It mended a rift in our in our society. And today... We need nothing more than Blazing Zaddles 2. Blazing Zaddles. <laughs> Zaddles. Zaddles. Blazing Zaddies. Blazing Zaddies 2. It'll mend the country, I promise you. That's probably what uh, they were trying to do with uh, American Carol. Mend the country? Yeah, he was trying to mend the country with that one. Yeah, and they think they're on the right side of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
you're probably not wrong. Their intention with that movie, I think, was like they really thought they were. They really think they're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why else would you do so, that? Yeah. Right. 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 You know. Yeah. They're like. They're like. Isn't this stupid? What we're doing? <laughs> oh, God. That'd be weird. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. I, as I a spoof. Have a, <laughs> yeah, we can rate it. I mean, I just have a huge list of. Bits and also, it's funny how many of these bits. Yeah, remind we've me of the bits. I don't even remember. Movies. I watched this like eleven days ago. Remind me of the bits. The quicksand bit. There's the all the bits where Gene Wilder shoots when he shoots from really far away. Oh, and he's huge very fast. Explosions. He does. Oh stuff my god, fast. we have to talk. Literally, they do that in the best way I've ever seen that joke done, which is he doesn't move and the thing just happens, and they just cut away from him and then cut back, and he hasn't moved. I love that execution. That's straight up. Bit. This is this is the zoomer coming out of me right now, but that's or not even. It's just the millennial coming out of me. Of my favorite SpongeBob bit is when SpongeBob turns into the super speed superhero and he says, Wanna see me run to that rock and back? Wanna see me do it again? He doesn't move at all. <laughs> that's so <laughs> good. See, that's such a good like funny. and again, next week's movie has a really similar recurring gag yeah, and it's SpongeBob Square the movie. We're watching that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my There's probably god. a good bit of satire in there. There's a lot of satire. They do a whole parody of uh, I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister. Yeah. And Baywatch. Gotta watch it. Yep. Marty? <laughs> Add it to oh, the that's list. Right. Yeah, because they do that. I forgot that. Oh hey, my are we god. doing Ace Ventura I, at any point? I would love to. He's not just a detective, Marty. He's a pet detective. <laughs> oh, so it's a parody of. Oh, so now it's a novelty okay movie for movies. sure. It's not just we're a okay call, with it's nature's movies. call. It's not just a napkin. <laughs> um, I think, you know, we, we should do one big Jim Carrey movie. So, yeah, if we want to do that one, that's I'd rather do that than like Dumb and no, Dumber. No, I should do the I Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Or that 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 would be better because that actually is like a parody. Yeah. What's it a parody of? <laughs> Cartoons of uh, people not wearing masks. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really apt for our times right now, guys. <laughs> uh, other bits. So you got the gang lineup thing uh, when they're trying to get more bad guys, and it's like every kind of bad guy is in the lineup. They literally do this this gag in airplane, uh, which is around the same time as this, but um, like the exact that's the exact same bit that they do in airplane. Uh, all of the townsfolk are named Johnson, and then one of them is Howard Johnson, and they keep referencing it, and then one guy at the end of the last time they reference Howard Johnson, he goes, ah, I get it. Very good. And then obviously the end of the movie is like the biggest, I think like the most famous bit from this movie is that they literally break out of the the fucking western set that they're on. The, the, the crux of it is that they have to build a fake town to trick the bad guys at the end of the movie. And then they build fake people. And then their fight, you pull, the camera pulls out to reveal that they're on a studio lot. And they literally break into other studios until they actually literally go to the premiere of Blazing Saddles where finally Harvey Corman is captured. Uh... It's fucking awesome. It's the best. Ver- it is like we've talked about it. You know, Pee Wee's did this really well, but this is by far the best version of this kind of joke. And no movie after this could ever do this again. Um, this is like the best meta ending in terms of like a movie so explicitly making a joke about how it's a movie. I think it just nails it. Just nails. Yeah. It. And I killed them. Scott and Kelly died from me giving the hand. We both died. Murdered them both. <sighs> Oh, no movie can do it. Oh, <laughs> they both literally had an aneurysm on camera. It was wild. <clears throat> All right. We can rate it. We can rate the movie. I have no, yeah, no further comments. Uh, as a movie, 
7 out of 10. I enjoyed it. And as a spoof, hey, 10 out of 10. Come on. This when you when you're talking about a spoof movie and you say Blazing Saddles, well, you are you got your thumb on the pulse, pal. There it is. Mhm. All right. As a movie, 6.9 out of 10. Just to make the rating a little more interesting. As a spoof, 10 out of 10. You know, when you say spoof movies, this is one that comes up in conversation. This is probably close to the top of that Wikipedia article on spoof movies. So It is, because it's a letter B. <laughs> God. As a movie, 9 out of 10... Uh, I didn't bring this up at all, but it wasn't as joke heavy as I thought it would be, but I think it's okay because again, it was like at the time they didn't know that spoof movies would have to have a joke every 20 seconds to be like, feel like it has enough jokes. Um, but it's still like, it's, there's so much, there's so many iconic jokes and sequences and bits in this movie. It's like, how do you not, I just, how can you not enjoy it? In my opinion, as a spoof 10 out of 10, like everybody else said, it's a defining spoof of, of this era and of this genre, literally, you could not like literally looking up like Western spoofs. There's like nothing. This is like the one they nailed it so well that they just don't do them anymore. Or do they? <laughs> no, no, so, no, they shouldn't do them anymore. Got what? Do you have a novelty song? No. Okay. I goodbye everyone. Just kidding. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I tricked you. I do have enough of these. Oh, <laughs> and here it comes through the internet to you. We're talking about a fella. Mm. He hails from the city of Roma, uh, and his name is Ennio Morricone. Uh, and he uh, uh, made a bunch of film soundtracks all through the '60s, '70s, '80s, heck, even the '90s. Uh, and he he just actually recently passed away in uh, July. But uh, to, we're talking uh, mainly about the theme from the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is an iconic soundtrack. You'll know it the instant you hear it from this classic spaghetti western film, Sergio Leone. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's get a taste of it now, shall we? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Main theme by Ennio Marconi. this before <laughs> and it sounds cool that's really cool i like that whistle he does that's interesting God, those wows is that owen wilson on the wows <laughs> <laughs> you just like yeah you just like move his arms around to change the pitch he was born poor in the city of Rome. His father was a trumpet player at nightclubs, and he uh, learned to play the trumpet from his father, and he would uh, sub in for his father when he was, like, sick. 
uh, at the nightclubs. And so he got good enough that he was accepted into this famous conservatory, and that's where he learned to compose. And so, yeah, he was best known for westerns, but he did all kinds of different uh, uh, soundtracks, and he was known for using a lot of, like, objects uh, as instruments in his recordings because he said it, like, you know, helped to, like, ground the uh, soundtrack in the scene almost. Yep, there you go. There you have it. It's a good pick. An influential guy. Go look up his other stuff too. It's it's not just the Western. He did. Uh, it did. it follows, right? <laughs> <laughs> boo. What do you mean? Yeah, boo? he did the thing. The thing is the one that's like that's a great fucking score. Mm, have you heard the score for <laughs> It Follows? It rips. Yeah, it's also a good one. It makes that movie. Like I honestly would say Morricone specifically. Like it follows, I would say his work was so good in those movies that it made those movies. It made them like, you know what I mean? I think it's like how John Williams without John Williams, the Star Wars movies probably would just not have been as like just because of how subliminally score works in movies. If you have just like a fucking awesome score, it can really make the difference. You would work uh, closely with the directors too. like they would like plan shit out like well ahead of time. And like they they thought about things in terms of like sequences rather than like um just purely like story structure so like you know they would hold shots a lot longer so to, to pace it like with the the music and stuff like that so which that's why it worked that damn that is totally yeah why it works. i mean it, it it's He's ahead of his time to- totally and it like led to things like music videos like down the road like right you know. yeah so this he's an important man that's that must be weird to like to discover that of like oh wow you see these images that are moving Dude, it pairs so well with this music. <laughs> Dude, right when the song changes, we can make the picture change, too. People are going to be blown away by Whoa. that. If you cut on the beat, holy shit. In 40 years, everyone will make the same version of this also. <laughs> Didn't take that long. No, I know. Marty. Kelly, what's up? Marty, what's our product? This week's novelty novelty song, no, novelty product, ah, is a mystery. I have purchased something that I sent to both Kelly and Scott. And gentlemen, I would like you both to open your packages now. And you will see what our very special 50th novelty product is. It's something near and dear to all of our hearts, I think. Marty, it's a I got a qualm a with classic. you. Who sent you that? sent it as an Amazon package? Of course, I'm just gonna open. I order stuff from Amazon myself. Ah. I'm going to open it when I get stuff. <laughs> Damn it! You know, my wife told me that this would happen. Yes, yeah. Your wife, my girlfriend, open opens the package and then asked me via. She texted me, "Why did you buy this?" Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing. I didn't really look too heavy at it. I opened it and then saw. Okay. I think I know what mm-hmm. it is now, and I immediately was like, "Oh shit! This is the this is the Dumbo crap Marty sent me with no note on it that says I put a note. It does not on the label. It oh, says, it's on Kelly Danen in the twenty eight. Wait, it was Kelly Danen. Beep beep boop 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 boop, boop street uh, yep. street. <laughs> Zip code. What's well, your old address? Yeah, it is, but I'm still not, I'm not gonna dox my old address either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm uh, sorry. I take six. I take no, fifty. Okay. I take forty percent of the blame. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Do you guys want to say what it is? You both can. You can reveal what the pro- Hold product on, is. Look at now. what it says on there. It says sold as a set. <laughs> Do not separate. <laughs> it's Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse plates. 
plates and napkins. Oh, finally. Yes. Mickey Mouse napkins. 15 finally. weeks later. A full year Our later. Favorite. You know what the funniest Our- thing is? Is that I might just fucking use these because all my dishes are all packed up right now. Dude, I... I thought of that. I thought about you moving. I was like, dude, I actually think I actually got This might actually come use. in handy for once. <laughs> rather than just being a garbage birthday. Well, then man. guess what? It's no longer a novelty product. So yeah. try again, <laughs> sweetie. Oh, my God. They I get sucked Mickey. through the screen. Yeah, I got you on the technicality, punk. <laughs> Mickey's- this week's novelty product, Mickey Mouse napkins. Napkins are a rectangle of cloth <laughs> used at the table for wiping the mouth and fingers while eating. It is usually small and folded, sometimes in intricate designs like Mickey Mouse and shapes. The word comes from Middle English, borrowing the French nappe, a cloth covering for a table, and adding kin, the diminutive suffix. One of the earliest references to napkin is 1384, so they've been around for a long time, but Mickey Mouse, he has not been around as long. Now, for our very special 50th quiz for this week's novelty product, in honor of one of our greatest novelty products making its grand return, I decided to do a kind of best of list. So we're going to have a five-question quiz, and each question will be regarding one of the many novelty products we've reviewed on the podcast. For most of these, we're going to give a point for whoever gets the closest. Just keep that in mind. But it's also so weird on this. (laughs) <laughs> they look so weird look at this his eyes are yeah, so describe, tiny describe it for the, for the listeners he's got look at his eyes he's got these big circles where his eyes like usually it looks normal are. size to me <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just thinking of Steamboat Willie you might be thinking of Steamboat Willie I'm gonna look up the Who, if that was on a napkin would not be a novelty product <laughs> why not why not <laughs> Too old. Too old. <laughs> I don't know. Too old. They're the same person. <laughs> They're yeah, the same I guess I'm, I guess character. I'm crazy, but damn, he just looks, his yeah. eyes look tiny as hell. All right. Yeah, no. What's your, right. what's your, what's your ranker quiz? <laughs> Question number one. What year did Kermit the Frog first appear? 1971. 77. Ooh, 1955, Scott gets it. On Sam and Friends, and he did not look like the Kermit of today at all. Wasn't he like a sock puppet? Yeah, he was like red, I think, too. It's like, he looked really what weird. What the hell? What are the six original colors on a Rubik's Cube? We're going to go one at a time on this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Scott, buzz, buzz. I'm going to say red. <laughs> Scott gets the first color, Kelly. Blue. Kelly gets the second color. Yellow. Scott gets the third color. Orange. Kelly gets the fourth guy. That's the one I thought nobody would get. White. Scott gets Green. it. It's the last one. Damn, you guys got it exactly. How did you guys wow. both know that? I, yeah, what a crazy thing to know. Because I'm a genius. That's why, Marty. Okay. Well, I'm a dumb You don't dumb. solve your Rubik's Cube before you go to bed at night? <laughs> I literally would have guessed blue, yellow, and red. I don't think I would have gotten the other colors. I actually just watched the <laughs> Rubik's Cube documentary on Netflix, and it was really good. So really? after you oh, guessed blue, yellow, and red, then you would have been like, well, chartreuse. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> Mauve. Have been like, Mauve. Is it mauve? <laughs> Beige? Beige? <laughs> Lavender. 
Yeah. I think there's a baby blue, isn't That's a there? Scent. There's a baby blue on there. <laughs> Royal Is there purple? an eggshell? <laughs> Am- amethyst? I don't know there ain't white, but is there an eggshell or a cream? <laughs> oh, cream? it's a trick question. One of the sides has Mickey Mouse on it. It's a novelty. <laughs> is one of the sides Whoa, stri- an- transparent? Is clear a color? Are you trying to trick me? Four to three. Question number three. The largest collection of snow globes is owned by Wendy Soon in Shanghai, China. How many snow globes does she own? 44,826. Kelly? Who cares? Well, I think uh, 10,020. Kelly gets it. (laughs) It was 4,059. Oh, wow. She needs to step it up. Yeah. She needs more space. In what country did the accordion first appear? Austria. Ooh. Uh, Kelly? And Norway. No, it's Poland. I think you're... Think you tie? It was Germany. <laughs> okay, well we had the right. Area, we'll both take a hay so. point. You're, you're both gonna, yeah, you get a hay point. Four point five to four point five. For this last question, I have a Ranker.com list. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good. For this last question, there are multiple answers, and as I'm asking, gentlemen, Wisconsin legend Aaron Rodgers adorned a prayer candle that we discussed on this show. So, my first question: What college did Rodgers attend? Buzz, buzz. Uh, Caltech, wasn't it? That's not correct. Scott, do you want to steal? Nebraska U. Okay, well, it was University of California. UCal. <laughs> yep, you were close, Kelly. He was part of the, I think that's the Bears. Uh, what year was he drafted to the NFL? 2007. Scott? 2006. Ooh, Scott gets the point. It was 2005. Oh, damn. That's so long ago. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a, I mean, he didn't play for like the first four years. So, yeah, he's a, he's an old yeah. man. Brett Favre was showing him pics of his dick on his flip phone. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm 45, but I'm still playing. On his Nokia uh, Razor. <laughs> on his beeper. He's got his blue. His yeah, blue he would pay his dick pics. Equal sign, equal sign, equal sign. He was, he was humble. Capital it was B. eight equal sign, equal sign. <laughs> Squiggly. <laughs> Squiggly, squiggly. What round was Rogers drafted in? Was it the second round? Or was Was it it? the third? Ooh, it was first. Kelly gets the point. The first round. What pick? Oh, I have no idea for that one. Sixth. 69th. Well, Kelly gets it because 69th is not in the first round of the draft. Oh, 420th? And finally, what NFL team does he play for? The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> the Green is the Bay Packers. The <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm Scott sorry, did pronounce Kelly's... it correctly. <laughs> no, I just assume that that's your speech impediment, so I'm, I'm accepting You're your You're the German Kelly. woman from this movie. Nice. Packers. <laughs> Go Pack. Why did we do questions mm-hmm. about Aaron Rodgers? The prayer, prayer candle. We covered that prayer candle that he was on. So that was like that's like a highlight of the show. Yeah, oh, I did five of the uh, five. All questions were based on different products we had done. Oh, so Scott did a toy accordion at one point. I did a snow globe. Did the Rubik's you did a Rubik's cube. cube. I did the Kermit. I of course did my famous Kermit the Frog impression. Famous. Should we hear from him right no, now? Thank you. 
No, oh, he died. Oh. Yeah, no, he's dead. Oh, hey, Scott, he's I'm dead behind. of COVID. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, no, I have pneumonia. <laughs> They're not going to count me as one of the COVID deaths, even though it's killing me now. Hey, if you don't test, you don't got a case. <laughs> oh, wow. What a 50th celebration. Do you guys have any favorite memories of the podcast of our fo- first 50 episodes? I hit oh, my head. Man. Ouch. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who are you guys? Oh. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Scott. Well, of course, I'm your father. Oh, hi, Duddy. I would, I would have loved to have done that, but we already did that for the New York Four like three times. That's <laughs> filler. What's yeah, the so New York Scott Four? For this. Scott did it for this podcast. You have too. to reenact every episode. I don't remember. Oh, all right. Welcome to the New York Four. Scott just wants a hundred episodes <laughs> off. This is a big milestone for me and Marty. This is our hundred and fiftieth episode true. we've ever recorded. I know. That's true. Of any podcast. I'm an amateur. I feel like I'm like the, I'm the fourth musketeer. Scott, maybe one day you'll catch us. Maybe one Scott day. Scott was like the third host of the New York Four, though. Scott did like he did a lot of fifteen episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah, he was on a lot. He played himself and various characters. Many various characters. He was only himself mm-hmm. like once. Yeah, and it was like our first it was our least listened to episode. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, fuck this Scott guy, but Sean DeLeese, Nestle, Depardieu, love that guy. Oh, yeah. Very interesting taste. Southern uh, guy? He's cool. Rich guy. Rich guy, rich southern, southern guy. Nestle, uh, inher- Nestle Inheritor? Yeah. Hey, thank Nestle's you. a big company, okay? They are. Yeah. They kill many people. You know what? True. One of my favorite memories of these last 50 episodes was... Ending what? this episode. <laughs> it's almost like we all have other things to be doing today. <laughs> Never. No. That couldn't be it. Oh, well, that's going to do it for us for this week's episode. Thank Thanks. you for listening. So, oh, so much. So much. Thank you so and much. And finally, guys, for our 50th episode, let's say it all at the same time. We really, really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it.